In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Herschel Walker's words come back to haunt him. Do you know right now I have something that can bring you into a building that will clean you from covert as you walk through this, this dry mix? Uh, we knew we'd hear that audio somewhere, somehow. Welcome to Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the podcast we want you to depend on for the most on-the-ground coverage of the 2022 election. I'm your host, Greg Bluestein, along with your other host, Patricia Murphy, and we are two of the political insiders here at the AJC. A reminder, if you're just listening to us for the first time, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And Patricia... I am back from a vacation celebrating a birthday with some family and friends in Hilton Head. We're getting ready to send our kids to sleepaway camp in just a few days. So it is it is nonstop activity in the Bluestein household, but there was plenty of activity while I was gone on the Georgia campaign trail. I love that. I think of sleepaway camp as get some sleep camp when uh, the kids are gone. So it's a little bit of a respite for you, Greg. And also congratulations on your 40th. Although now you'll no longer be on those 40 under 40 lists. So congratulations to anybody who's 39 or under because your your chances just went way up. I made it right under the wire at the UGA 40 under 40. That was the one that uh, – that was a fun one. Um, While well, the kids are going to the same sleepaway camp that I went to and that my wife went to. So Aww. we were very excited. And maybe my biggest honor is they invited me up to speak the day before my kids get up there. So I'm going the up The camp to- did? The camp did, and like I am, I can't tell you how excited I am. It's kind of the, it's kind of this, this fun honor that I'm going to speak to the staffers and unit heads and counselors at Camp Barney, the same camp I used to work at, uh, talking to them about what it's like to be a parent sending their children off to summer camp. That's what, that's what your speech is about. It's like it's about being a parent. Yeah, I know. Of all the things, I'm not qualified to speak about. <laughs> you have not written a book. You've not been asked to write a book about that. <laughs> I get to talk about. Oh, I'm going to tell them all sorts of stories about horrible things I did as a counselor. So, um, oh my I gosh, bet I won't be that's great. Back, but it'll be fun. Okay, well, I hope you get a huge bonus for that. <laughs> well, coming up, how Democrats are using the Republican stance on abortion and guns against. GOP contenders. But first, the race for U.S. Senate between Senator Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker is on. And Warnock has hit the ground running, making good on a promise to ensure Herschel Walker's comments come back to haunt him. You know what, Glenn? I'm going to say something. I probably shouldn't. Do you know right now I have something that can bring you into a building that will clean you from covert as you walk through this, this dry mix? As you walk through the door, it will kill any COVID on your body. When you leave, it will kill the virus as you leave this here product. 
They don't want to talk about that. They don't want to hear about that. Okay, Patricia, to be clear, there is no um, body mist that kills COVID on contact that has been scientifically substantiated. Um, and this video, as it plays, it, it is 27 seconds of showing basically Herschel Walker talking to a, a radio commentator um, uninterrupted. There's text showing on the uh, on the screen as he's speaking, basically asking, is Herschel Walker really ready to represent Georgia? But this is exactly what Republican opponents of Herschel Walker warned about. They said, hey, we will, <laughs> Democrats are going to use his own words against him. They tried to, they just didn't have any money or resources to put behind it to get it out to a mass audience. And they didn't have a receptive Republican primary audience because in every single poll, Herschel Walker was way ahead. Well, this is a different story with with Senator Warnock, who has um, a quarter of a hundred, his more than $25 million in the bank and is only going to stockpile more money um, to use to to promote these sort of ads. Yeah. And from what you and I know, I mean, the COVID mist is the tip of the iceberg of the of the um, items that Democrats are going to drag out and replay for voters about what Herschel Walker has said. And this is not a video that was unearthed from obviously it's not from 30 years ago. This is from very recently during the COVID pandemic. And Walker was talking to Glenn Beck. And the strangest part of the video, other than discussion of the COVID myths that can kill every germ on your body, is he keeps saying, they don't want to hear about that. They don't want to talk about that. I mean, who is they? What are you, what are we talking about? It just sounds very conspiratorial, a little paranoid. I don't know what he is talking about. And it's just very unusual. Now, we have not heard him mention the full body mist uh, for COVID anywhere on the campaign trail. But even in interviews that he is starting to do, he's starting to um, get into more one-on-one interviews with more traditional um, right-up-the-middle reporters who are pushing him on issues and asking him about outstanding questions. And there is plenty of fresh video that Democrats are going to be splicing and dicing and putting into ads because Walker does have a habit of his of giving these answers that are very head scratching, and this is one of many, many, many that we are going to hear about. Yeah, you're exactly right. This reminds me of that of that digital ad that Gary Black, um, the the agriculture commissioner who's running against um, Herschel Walker, the ad that he devised showing what Democrats could very well do in a general election campaign, and it got that ad got a lot of attention. Um, especially from national media, uh, portraying the different attack lines that Democrats could use. I don't think this was even part of it. You know, I, th- I think this was um, this was so far down the line <laughs> that, yep. that 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 highlighted other uh, remarks that he's made, other stances he's had, other other issues that he's had to contend with. Because there's many. There's uh, lying about his business and academic record. There's his past history of violence against women, um, which I think will be. Uh, the trickiest subject. I'm really curious about how Warnock's campaign, if at all, if they touch it or if they rely on on outside groups. And so far, we haven't seen a huge uh, splurge in spending from outside groups to to support Raphael Warnock. We have seen a lot of spending, uh, about $18 million as promised over the summer to support Herschel Walker. Um, But there's there's a lot of questions about how Democrats could or would weaponize um, some of the uh, some of the um, the elements of Herschel Walker's past, but there are so many different things that we've reported about. I mean, this this was in an AJC story a few few weeks ago, is in a Daily Beast story a few weeks ago as well. But there's so many different elements that 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 Democrats could use should they choose to. 
Yeah, I agree. And the the trickiest part is that a lot of it is Herschel Walker in his own words. In the case of his ex-wife, that is his ex-wife in her own words. And if you watch that video and she's talking about Herschel Walker holding a gun to her head, it is just so hard to watch. And I um, I just know, you know, this will be one of those ads that people have to turn the TV off when their kids walk into the room. It is not going to be something that people can watch comfortably. And that will have an effect on this race. We don't know that that will end the race, or it certainly has not been disqualifying so far for voters yet. Walker does talk about it um, to a certain extent, but it, her words on video that Georgia voters are going to be seeing is really tough. And it's just part of what they're going to be seeing um, about Herschel Walker's background. And on the same note, I'm, I'm curious to see if um, if she plays a role in a Herschel Walker's campaign, because apparently they still have a close relationship. And um, we haven't heard from his ex-wife at all doing this campaign. But no, I'm curious yeah. to see if what no, I agree. He, I mean, very recently he's referred to her and him as being best friends. And so I agree. Her role in this, uh, uh, sort of noticeably absent so far, uh, could could make a big difference also. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see her in a Herschel Walker campaign ad or maybe even on the campaign trail, although I haven't gotten any inkling that would happen. I just I just know that they are still, in a, they still say they have a, a close relationship. Patricia, you were mentioning earlier that Herschel Walker has begun to do more media uh, interviews with mainstream outlets. Well, he had an exclusive Fox 5 interview with Russ Spencer. He was asked, do you agree with Trump that the 2020 election was stolen? Here's what he said. I think you, I think reporters say that. I don't know whether President Trump has said because he never said that to me. I'm not, I'm not Herschel, arguing with he it. says it over and no, over he again, made, No, 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 no. He has never, I've never heard President Trump ever say that. But and I'm not saying the president, but everyone knows something happened in the election because Stacey Abrams hasn't conceded to Brian Kemp, has he? So do you think something happened? She thinks something happened because she hasn't conceded. Patricia, those are two different elections, obviously. But really, the main point is, as Russ said, President Trump has said that over and over and over again. He said that the election was rigged and stolen, even though it wasn't. It is basically the, his main um, grievance. It's his, his, his obsession, especially when it comes to Georgia, since his November 2020 defeat. And Herschel Walker echoed all those election fraud lies in the heat of the runoffs right after the, um, the 2020 results. Uh, he hasn't made that a mainstay of his campaign since, but as you just heard, he also hasn't uh, countered. He also hasn't rejected Trump's lies about election fraud. Yeah. And, you know, when Herschel Walker offers answers like this, I've never heard Donald Trump say he thinks the election is stolen. That's just not true. That is not true. Uh, it makes everything else that he says that you need to take on faith, it makes it harder to believe those things. So he recently mm -hmm. said that Donald Trump has never called him to ask him to run for Senate. And he's mad about that. That sounds like it could be true. I mean, Donald Trump says a lot of things and never talks to the people about it who are the subject of that. But he's going to be talking about his background. He's going to be talking about what he did or didn't do, um, especially in these instances with, with women who are accusing him of violence against them and making them scared. And when he says things like, I've never heard Donald Trump say that he thinks the election is stolen. That is not accurate. He has been on rally stages where Donald Trump talks about nothing but the Georgia election being rigged. Herschel Walker has tweeted that Georgia should vote again because there was 
you know, oh, if we don't know what happened in the 2020 election, Georgia should vote again. Why not just vote again, Georgia? He did not cook that up out of a pot of chicken. That is because Donald Trump said that. So this is not accurate. And so it makes everything else he says harder to believe when we need to take it on faith. And so that's why, you know, some of these are kind of throwaway lines or they're confusing, but they damage his credibility. And he's going to need every ounce of his credibility going into this campaign against Raphael Warnock and Democrats. And we're going to hear a lot of the uh, attempts to compare Donald Trump with Stacey Abrams. We've talked about it on the show before. First, of course, there were two different elections, 2018 and 2020. Second, Stacey Abrams acknowledges that she's not the governor of Georgia right now and didn't actively try to overturn the election results. She said there were systemic issues and she refused to concede, but she also didn't <laughs> protest the election in, in, in the sense that um, she doesn't think that she's the governor, doesn't go around, uh, you know, there's not banners saying Abrams won, like there are Trump won banners. She's not ask, asking uh, Georgia to to revisit the election results and, and, and claiming all sorts of um, you know, widespread election fraud. It's a very different case than Donald Trump, who did all those things. And of course, we heard of the audio that he that he personally appealed to Brad Raffensperger to find enough votes to reverse his outcome. So just a reminder to our listeners, we're going to hear a lot about that. We'll report a lot about that. Um, the Republican attempts to to say that Stacey Abrams and Donald Trump are on the same level when it comes to this, when, when it's not true. Yeah, I think it's important, though, that Democrats and Stacey Abrams own the fact that she did not concede. Um, there is an ongoing lawsuit about the details of the 2018 um, election. It's a lawsuit brought by Democrats. And so that those are just facts. I think they have their own reasons for doing those things. I think it's important for them to discuss those things so that they can't be conflated and don't get conflated by voters. Mm -hmm. I Every time I write about Donald Trump, refusing to accept the election. Um, I hear from readers at, within 10 minutes, Stacey Abrams didn't conceive. Why are you ignoring what Stacey Abrams did? The reason I see it as very, very different is Stacey Abrams did not try to overflow, overthrow the U.S. government and did not try to go outside the Constitution and outside the law. She stayed inside the law. She made a speech that she is, has every right to make a speech. She accepted the election to the point that she chose to accept it. and she did. But she did not try to overthrow the government of the state or of the country. And that's how it's different from Donald Trump. So, but yes, two different examples. I remember bumping in her in, or seeing her speak in Nashville a few months after the 2018 election. And she took the stage at Vanderbilt and she said, look around. I know. I'm not the governor. <laughs> I'm not going home to the governor's mansion tonight. I'm going back to a hotel room and I'm going back to my house in Atlanta. I, I get it. You know, and I, um, I, she gave a speech um, actually at Clark Atlanta talking about how important it is to lose and to take the lessons of those losses and use them the next time around to do better. And it's one of the best speeches I've ever heard her give. And it's one of the best speeches. It was a commencement speech. Uh, one of the best speeches I've ever heard, actually, and the people in that audience. They, everybody doesn't want to hear about being a winner. They want to hear about losing and because we all lose <laughs> out a bunch of stuff, but how you can use that to become stronger and to become better and to win the next time around. So I think that's an area she should not hesitate to get into. One group of people who never lose. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how to segue that, Jay. Jeez. <laughs> I was trying to do a segue. It was terrible. You know what? I'll just say. <laughs> it was great. Keep going. 
This is Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. And we're back to Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Greg Bluestein, along with your other host, Patricia Murphy. And we are two of the three political insiders at the AJC. We're also two of the three authors of the Morning Jolt newsletter, which we like to think sets the stakes and the agenda in Georgia politics. And you can get it in your inbox every morning if you're a subscriber to the AJC. You can join our community right now, this instant, by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts in your first month of unlimited digital access just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. Patricia, we have a great jolt for readers on Friday. Uh, one of the things we'll explore is the disconnect between Republican grassroots activists who show up at these weekend meetings and boo Brian Kemp and vote to censure Brad Raffensperger and the actual rank and file Republican voters who uh, who don't necessarily agree with them. Yeah, and we're hearing a little chatter about um, some people shopping for maybe a new, maybe a new leader. I don't know. We'll see. But let's get to a different topic, Patricia. Stacey Abrams, um, her group, One Georgia, which again is this um, leadership committee created by Republicans to take in to soak up unlimited funds. It was really created to help Brian Kemp in his reelection bid, but of course. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And in this case, Stacey Abrams is allowed to raise unlimited funds as well. Um, now that she's the nominee, she can she can fully uh, embrace this leadership committee. And their first ad was out just a few days ago. Here's what it said. For years, Brian Kemp has taken Georgia backwards. He put us backwards on guns, said law enforcement, and made it easier for criminals to carry guns in public. He rolled back women's rights, vowing to make abortion a crime with 10 years in prison. And while Georgians struggle, Kemp gave massive old school tax cuts to himself and his ultra wealthy friends. Just when we need to move forward, Brian Kemp keeps taking us back. Jeez, that music is like Jurassic Park. I know, and the new movie's Scary. coming out in a few weeks, just in time <laughs> for Jurassic World <laughs> 17. Uh, no, you're right. It's very ominous music, and but the focus is really interesting, too, because it's guns, taxes, and abortion. And really, uh, we, we kind of uh, highlighted the guns and abortion part because these are two issues that Democrats are, are essentially kind of trying to make a unifying moment. Right now, Republicans feel like they have the wind at their back. Uh, the economy is 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 
sputtering. There's worries about inflation, economic uncertainty, and voters tend to punish the party that's in power in Washington. Um, at the same time, you know, Governor Kemp has this mandate from three quarters of the Republican electorate trounces his Donald Trump-backed opponent. But Stacey Abrams and Democrats feel like, especially as the summer continues, um, as more voters focus on the tragedies that, that took place, the mass shootings, and I wish I could only... I wish I could say they were limited, but, you know, they keep on happening, um, as well as the likely U.S. Supreme Court ruling that could overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, these are issues that, that that Democrats see as this unifying message. I think that's right. I think there is plenty of public polling to back that up as well. I actually don't think they need the Jurassic World soundtrack in there to make this plenty compelling for um, the type of voters that they're going after. And those are going to be those um, kind of those, uh, either the Republicans who are new to Biden or the Democrats who are really sweating it with inflation. This this group of voters are like, mm, I don't know, I'm not so sure. People who are up for grabs, and um, the abortion piece in particular is just a huge unexpected live wire that uh, neither party ex- thought was going to actually be a newly relevant, um, completely possible to overturn Roe v. Wade within the next month. And then uh, the dominoes could fall uh, from there, including in Georgia. And so that is an issue that I know Democrats were not anticipating to really be on the table in the way that it is. And so they are uh, uh, seizing on that because there's public polling that shows 72% of Georgians don't want to see Roe v. Wade overturned so they can uh, galvanize voters. I don't want to say they can, you know, they can use that. I don't like to use the the term like use that issue because it's not Mm -hmm. and it's not just an issue. You know, these are people's lives when that you were talking about. So I think that is something they believe would galvanize voters and the gun issue in particular as well. It is so hard to watch these school shootings and is it is inexplicable to most Joe normal people on the street why politicians cannot find some middle ground on this issue. Why is there not something that they can do to take guns out of the hands of people who should not have them. Um, Republicans have pushed back very hard on this issue. We're going to hear that uh, Monday from the governor. We're going to hear it throughout the summer from Republicans. But Democrats really feel like these are two issues that voters are looking for action and solutions. And if they're not going to hear those solutions from Republicans, Democrats are 100% going to fill that void and push their own solutions to voters and say, this is what you could have if you elected Democrats in office instead of Republicans. That's such a good point, too, that you made earlier that, you know, we tend to think of things because it's our job as political reporters to think think of things in political context. But um, guns, you know, abortion, uh, medical, expanding Medicaid, these are these are life and death issues um, that, that affect real people in, a, in a, obviously a very meaningful way. And that, you know, on the show and in, in the newspaper, we, we often write about them in political terms f- for good reason. But there are people at stake, lives at stake. With all these decisions, um, and look, Republicans, um, as as we noted in the jolt, Patricia, that was your lead item on Thursday. Uh, they don't plan to do any, take any steps towards any gun restrictions. Um, there is no, there's other than Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, who is outgoing, who is a lame duck, who will not be around next year's legislative session. He's the only high-ranking Republican we've heard who is willing to reopen a debate about gun control, about new gun measures. Every other leading Republican is steering clear 
of that issue. And it not surprisingly, you know, that that's sort of been the status quo in Georgia is Republicans pushing for uh, less, fewer gun restrictions, more gun rollbacks than more rather than more gun restrictions. But Stacey Abrams and Democrats feel like with both these issues, there is a broader, a broad bipartisan support. And there's polls that show a majority of Georgia voters oppose overturning Roe v. Wade. There's polls that show a majority of Georgia voters support background checks and new measures uh, to restrict guns and, and, and restrict who can carry what kind of weapons. Um, and look, I think part of this too is Republicans making a bet, just like Democrats are, Stacey Abrams is focusing on on these issues. Republicans are making a bet that the economy will trump everything, that worries about inflation and economic uncertainty and supply chain problems and all the other issues that we're seeing on the ground in Georgia all the time, that they will trump everything. Yeah. And I think Republicans also think these are galvanizing issues for their voters. They are not, they're not shying away from this. I was amazed, you know, when I reached out to Republican offices and um, Republican leaders and said, are y'all playing anything on guns? And it was sort of like, why would we do that? No. Why? You know, it's it's almost it's a cultural issue for Republicans as much as a um, a law enforcement issue or maybe even more than a law enforcement issue. And on guns in particular on school shootings, they said, well, we have all of these proposals for how to harden schools as sort of trainings for school resource officers. That's how they see this issue. That's the lens they see it through. And anything else, any talk about any kind of restriction on guns, they are going the opposite direction. They have just signed constitutional carry. Permitless carry means you don't need to have a permit to carry a gun around in the state. There used to be a permit. There's not anymore. And that's because the governor just signed this with a big flourish in in front of a gun store. And he was surrounded by dozens and dozens of Republican lawmakers. This is not an issue that they even seem to struggle with. This is how they see it. And this is how they think their voters see it as well on the abortion issue, exact same thing. I think they see their uh, strongest, most reliable voters as being pro uh, uh, anti-abortion, pro-life. Herschel Walker was asked in that same interview with Russ Spencer, would you support a total ban on abortion? And he said, absolutely, from the womb to the tomb. You know, he has this sort of catchphrase now. Um, He's talking about no exception for the life of the mother, no exception for uh, fatal fetal abnormalities, no exception for rape and incest. It's not even a part of the conversation. So these issues have moved so far to the right among Republicans. They see it as equally galvanizing. And so I think that's why that middle of the road voter, the person who's just trying to figure out the world around them right now and figure out what's going to keep their family safe, keep their children happy and and uh, and sort of well taken care of what how to sort of how to pick leaders to create that kind of a world. They're just looking for solutions. And so um, I think those voters are going to be up for grabs. Yeah, what we're not seeing right now, we could, but we're not seeing right now is a tack to the center from Republican candidates, um, you know, backing off any of their positions they took during the primary. And again, you know, the, the, the fact that the governor signed that piece of legislation out in West Georgia with such great fanfare, um, you know, surrounded by other Republican leaders and, and gun rights advo- advocates and all sorts of other um, GOP figures just underscores how important it was for him in this primary at a time where, you know, now in hindsight, yeah, he won by 52 points. He didn't need anything. It didn't seem like he needed anything to help him. But at the time he was locked in, you know, he was looking at a, a narrow lead in the primaries and he was going to do everything he could 
uh, to bury David Perdue. And this was yet another issue that he took off the table for David Perdue um, because it was one of his earliest campaign promises. Um, Patricia, now it is time for one of our favorite segments of the week. It is our listener mailbag. And this question is from Logan Killaway of, appropriately, Loganville, Georgia. How do you recover from a crazy election? And Patricia, since I've been I've been recovering on vacation, um, let me ask you that question first. <laughs> well, Greg goes to the beach, apparently. I'll go to the beach in August, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I don't know. I, I, all I do is catch up on laundry, and that makes me feel better. <laughs> The laundry has been ignored for about six weeks. And that makes me feel better, Logan. Greg, Logan, what do you do to unwind? <laughs> Logan of Loganville. I love it. Is this is this a real person? Anyway, I love the question. How many people have you talked to in Georgia and their town their name is the same as the town or it's the same as the road? Like I, I find that relatively frequently. I mean, there I can't find a Gregville yet, but I'm looking for it. Or Bluestein, yeah, Bluestone. Like blue. Eh. There is a uh, there is a J Bird Alley in Gwinnett County where I'm from. There you go. J Black bar? Well, I don't know about that, but I do know there's a road there. <laughs> well, Jay, we could, you know, with all the proceeds from this podcast, we could buy you a place on Jaybird. At least it's not jail, Jailbird Alley or anything like that. <laughs> that's um, next. That's, how, the, that's down the other road. How do I unwind? Well, as Patricia said, I went on vacation. Um, I got out of town on, you know, it's just such a rush for us. Everyone thinks that our, our job is sort of slows down after elections, but we end up writing a lot more after the elections. We had uh, between us probably a dozen stories between Tuesday around midnight and Friday. Um, and then um, I hit the, yeah, I hit the road for, for Hilton Head and went with friends and biked a lot and ran a lot and went on a boat with a buddy who came up from Savannah for an afternoon and Spend a lot of time with family, probably too much time with family because now uh, we're, um, you know, sometimes going back to work is a vacation. I'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, tell them that at summer camp. <laughs> yeah, I'll say my, oh, and my, and my, my oldest, who's been, you know, this is her third summer at the summer camp. Man, she's starting to get nervous about it and who's going to be her cabin mate and who's going to be in the bunk bed next to her. All these little things that I can easily poo-poo now. Like, oh, it's who cares, you know? she. I have, I have to remember when I was that age, I, I worried about that stuff too. We just didn't have cell phones and we didn't oh, know who was going to be at camp. We showed up at the bus thing stop. in your world. Yep. Yeah. So we arranged it though. We figured it out. We helped her on the ride home deal with um, controversies about who her cabin mates are. So that's how I unwind Logan of Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Logan of Loganville <laughs> sounds like a love it. Sounds like, like a royal a, name. About, or else it's, it's like a movie or a book title or I don't know what it is, but it's, Sir it's something. Way to go, Logan! Uh, now Logan's going to give us a terrible comment on our. Get on <laughs> one star. So Patricia, you get to go first on this one too, since I've been out. Who is up and who is down? Who's up first for you? Oh, you know, I'm going, this is a name we have not really surfaced frequently on this podcast, but Burt Jones, you're up this week because he has won the race for Lieutenant Governor free and clear for the GOP nomination, even with Donald Trump's endorsement. And that seemed to have been a bit of a downer for a lot of other GOP candidates statewide. So Burt Jones has defied the odds and, and uh, won that GOP nomination outright for lieutenant governor. And he's he's going to have a race, you know, battleground state. He still has a big race to go once he faces uh, one of the two Democrats running in the runoff. Uh, but once they make it to November, so we'll see. He's up for now. 
I know I speak for both of us in saying how much we'll miss covering that Republican primary because it was a real oh God. joy, he said sarcastically. Uh, <laughs> so, that was a workout. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, who's up for me? I always have to go with the trio. Charlie Bailey, Bean Wynn, William Bodie. Those were the three Democrats endorsed by Stacey Abrams in Democratic runoffs. Charlie Bailey's running for Lieutenant Governor. Bean Wynn for Secretary of State, William Bodie for Labor Commissioner. Uh, this is going to be an unpredictable, low turnout runoff. And Stacey Abrams is betting that her blessing will make the difference for Bailey, Wynn, and Bodie. Patricia, who is down for you? My down this week in Georgia is Donald Trump because he is not only um, coming off of his losses in the state, he is under grand jury investigation. And we're starting to get more details about what's happening in that special grand jury investigation out of Fonnie Willis's office. Uh, the people who are getting subpoenaed to come in and testify. This is a very wide ranging investigation. Brad Raffensperger was in uh, in front of the panel earlier today, four of his staff members, uh, Democrats, Republicans, anybody, any cast of character, any member of the cast of characters in the 2020 election, um, it looks like is going in front of that grand jury. And it seems like somewhere in that haystack, she could find the needle to start, um, you know, to start to bring charges against him. So it's, uh, I don't think Georgia is going to be on his mind in a good way Ooh. for a while. I haven't heard that line in a while. Um, I was going to <laughs> stick around. <laughs> I was going to uh, piggyback on that, um, but I will. I'll go with someone else who's down Georgia voters because we're about to be inundated with even more campaign ads. This is going to be um, a record-setting midterm, and just from the ads that we've reported on this week and the messaging, it just reminds you, even with digital media and. And all new ways to connect with people through texts and through Facebook ads and all these other things. TV still is king. And, you know, it gets free attention from people like us. We've, we've focused a little bit of our podcast on it. Um, but it, it's also king because it's, it's, it's an effective way to still reach a mass audience in a way that in a, in a world where uh, folks are still fragmented. Um, so Georgia voters, we're going to see a continuation of a splurge of spending. It's only going to ramp up from here on out. So get ready. Well, you can count on us to be ready with new episodes of this podcast coming out every Wednesday, Friday, or really whenever news breaks, unless we're on the beach. So we will see you then, not on the beach, but then in your podcast. We had room. a podcast without you, Greg. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I, I, we listened to it on the way home. I should say that. Actually, let's, let's, my wife kept on listening to it with her earphones on as I was trying to talk to you. Cheryl she's like, likes my podcast better. She, she, she was a fan. Um, she had some program notes for Mark Nisi, uh, that she was texting. Okay. Him. Okay. <laughs> but she was a fan. She was like, I'm hearing you from both on the podcast. And as you're yelling at me from the front seat. So to, to she must kids enjoy that. She did. Um, so that all said, you can count on new episodes of this podcast to come out every Wednesday, Friday, or whenever news breaks, even if we're on vacation. So we will see you then on Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. 
Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.